Juggalos! Whoop whoop! Welcome to the new episode of Fresh is the Word, episode number 11. I'm your host, Kay Fresh. I've got an exciting show for you tonight. My first Juggalo themed episode. Everybody that knows me knows I'm a fucking Juggalo. I don't give a fuck. I love the Juggalos, I love ICP, I love Twisted. And guess who I got on the program today? I got Blaze Your Dead Homie. He has a new album coming out this Friday, The Casket Factory. So I was super excited to be able to uh, shoot the shit with him, talk about the old days, how he got linked up with ICP and Twisted and Psychopathic Records. And now his new home with Twisted over on Magic Ninja Entertainment. So it was really super cool to talk with him. And on a sad note, I just learned today that... The legendary icon of music, art, fashion, just everything creative. You know, David Bowie passed away after an 18-month battle with, with cancer. You know, he definitely was an inspiration to all us weirdos out there. And he was just, he was making creative stuff until his dying day. He just literally, a few days ago, on his 69th birthday, released a new album. So he was literally just living and breathing his art always inspire us, you know, forever. You know, he was just one of those dudes where you're like, he's different, but it's fucking cool. Just thank you to every, you know, thank you, David Bowie. You are inspiration to all of us weirdos out there, and your legacy will always live live long in the hearts of all of us. So uh, let's get to the interview with uh, Blaze Your Dead Homie. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, just to like put it in perspective, I've been listening to like stuff like ICP and House of Crazies and stuff since like like '95. Okay. So All I right. kind of go back to like I was I was like I met Twisted in like '93 myself. Yeah, really, so like '93, '92, '93 is when I met House of Crazies, Twisted. Yeah, that's when I met them. So yes. Yeah. A long ass time ago for real. Yeah, definitely. Um, Kind of like when, you, when you're thinking about, you know, during that time, um, kind of ICP was still, you know, first coming out. That was the first few years. Um, House of Crazy was uh, starting out. Isham was uh, his own thing in Detroit. Kind of like, you know, and when you're starting out meeting these people, kind of, you know, what was, what was that time like for you? It was all brand new, fresh. I was, I was like as green as they come. They call that, like, when you're brand new in the business, they call that green. I don't know if it's just in wrestling, but in like all types of different businesses, like you're just green, you're, yeah. you're just fresh and new. Like, uh, you know, like uh, the grass is green and the trees are green. Right. And that's what it was for me. Like, I didn't know anything. Uh, I was with another uh, another ninja and we would, we would we'd start talking one day. I was working at a normal nine to five job. And, uh, you know, I'm always out there rapping in my headphones or rapping out in the parking lot. And this ninja was just like, hey, man, you know, you do that a lot. Do you, you ever try doing your own shit? And it kind of started from there, and that's what it was. It was like, oh, yeah, you know, I never did, so let's, let's, let's try, you know. So we started messing around with it, and we were writing, 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 writing a lot. Denny seemed to be our spot, and we would be there at night, you know, <laughs> 24 hours, drinking coffee, smoking cigarettes, and writing. 
and you know from there we we're you know we we're trying to pattern what what it was what it was going to be what we thought it should be and we started coming up with names and then we named our stuff and then we'd start putting flyers together and this is the weird part because we would go out and flyer record stores before we even had one verse recorded <laughs> one piece never right. been in the studio yet and we had flyers made up and you know two crazy devils are coming oh you're gonna love them they're the shit and yeah all types of shit like that but it was that's what it was it was like we didn't even start we didn't know anything about making music yet you know we knew about this is what we're writing this is how we write and that's about it you know and we need to get in the studio sometime and yeah it was i said yeah so we were we were completely green i said when i met house of crazies I was flyering a store, and they were flyering a store for a record they had coming out. Mine, obviously, <laughs> wasn't even started yet. And, you know, when I talked to them, it was like it was uh, Jamie Madrox and, and ROC at the time, and they were flyering the same record store. And, you know, out in the parking lot, I ended up talking to them for a minute, and they were like, hey, man, what do you know, blah, say, blah, what are you doing? And... You know, I told him I was doing this, and what we were trying to do is get to a studio and make some real music. And uh, you know, guy gave me, you know, ROC gave me his number. Madrox gave me their numbers. Like, hey man, you need some studio time? Hit us up. We got cheaper studio. We can get it a lot cheaper for what's going on. What you guys are gonna do? So, you know, not knowing shit, we're like, all right, let's go check out the real studio and see what that costs. You know, we get in there and. I think it was like five hundred dollar rap demos ahead of the time. It might have might as well have been like three billion to <laughs> right. us. You know, we're like working nine to five jobs. So I remember leaving that meeting with the real studio, walking outside and getting on a payphone, and that's how long ago it was. They had payphones with quarters, and it was thirty five cents to call ROC. And I called him up. Was like, hey man, you still got that studio that same night? And he was like, yeah, come by tomorrow. Gave us a time, 35 bucks an hour, and I think we recorded two songs before he told us, you know, you guys ain't got to pay me shit. Just come on over and do this shit. You know, you guys got heart in your music. Let's do this. You know, and he, he knew we were about it. So, yeah, we just, that's kind of how it started, for real. And that was the uh, Two Crazy Devils. Uh, yeah, Two Crazy Devils. Yeah. Like, yeah, that was it. Way back in the day. Way back, way mm -hmm. back. And um, eventually... Uh, You'd kind of uh, once uh, Jamie and Paul, you know, came over to Psychopathic as Twisted. You, you know, kind of fo f followed suit with them. What were you doing uh, when you first came over there with them? Well, I said at the at the time when they were doing, they were still they started doing music a little bit with. Basically, what happened was they they put together uh, a mixtape, you know, to, or something, you know, a demo tape to to show to Psychopathic at the time and. Yeah. At that time, I jumped on that. I was we the three of us put together this mixtape, and when they pitched it, they pitched it. What was going on? Well, the psychopathic was like, we we like it, we love it, but we know you two. We're gonna work with y'all. Bring your dude around, and we'll see if he's cool too, and we'll try to work with him. And I was the dude, so you know, it's like, hey, you know. So later on, it was it was kind of like, hey, um, you know, they wanted to get to know me a little bit. They, ICP has been out on tour with Twisted at this point you know, before that, so they already knew these guys. They didn't really know me very well, so it, it seemed like, I, you know, it was kind of like a trial period. I'm getting to know everybody, and I'm, I'm kind of working, you know, working behind the scenes because it was, as soon as I started over there, they were kind of like, hey, man, you know, you don't need no real 9-to-5 job anymore. You got here, so, 
you know, drop what you're doing over there, come here, work here, and, you know, behind the scenes, and we'll just, we'll have, we'll hook you up and take care of you until we put your projects together, you know, and that's kind of what it was, you know, it's like, hey, I was, I was doing anything and everything, like, promoting, I was out on the road in the van, you know, promoting ICP's upcoming stuff, Twisted's upcoming stuff, you know, Outer Space Tour, I was out there promoting that tour. The first thing I did was a Jekyll Brothers in-store tour. Yeah. I was out there with them uh, working on that, and then went out on the Jekyll Brothers tour and was back, you know, behind the scenes, backstage, clown, doing all types of stuff, you know, anything they asked. It's kind of it, you know, worked at the office when I was at home and shipping out packages, so if you bought something back then, you might have got some shipped by me, like, for <laughs> real. Like, I was kind of, like, running the warehouse with another guy for at least, it seemed like a year, maybe two years. So, you know, I was just working, like, for real, just trying to, you know, keep out of the scene. But I also had other engagements, like prior stuff, like uh, probation shit that I was on, assault charges and <laughs> shit that kept me, you know, back to, hey, you can't really go out of state right now. You can't do this, you know. So when the movie came around, I was stuck in <laughs> back in, in Michigan. They're filming in New York. I'm here, you know yeah. what I mean? So I missed out on a lot of stuff, too. Just going the wrong route, fucking around with the law. So you know what I'm saying, <laughs> you might want to make your own. You know, don't miss out on that shit by fucking with the law too much. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, that's kind of that's what it was for me. Yeah, and during those early years too, you um before kind of coming to psychopathic, you also uh, were doing shows with um, with anybody killer before he was anybody killer. You know, back in the crazy clan days. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, the first show we ever did, uh, we did. It was, it was called, it, it was weird because me and my partner started off, we did Two Crazy Devils. Through that, we started growing a little bit because it, you know, probably took a full year and a half, two years for us to put together a record because we didn't know anything, you know. So we were putting this stuff together and then through that process of putting that record together, we kind of felt like, like, oh man, this isn't really what we really like. So we kind of came up with new ideas and we would change it up oh let's do this you know we changed the name to sleepwalkers and then the first show i ever did was under the banner sleepwalkers and it was me and my partner scraps at the time and then abk was out there with us but he was on the stage he was just kind of holding up props with us and stuff it was really <laughs> yeah but yeah i said i've known him for you know ever since i probably maybe two weeks after i met house of crazies and and twisted and stuff so yeah it was kind of like it just always clicked like hey well you know i knew we always that's we never had a problem with people that you know did music around us so yeah. you know there's a lot of people that were always willing to do some or always doing some so yeah. yeah it was like yeah it was like natural to you know bring him with me or us to do music together right you know? yeah during that time there was there was a strong following that all these groups had and before the whole sort of juggalo thing happened, mm -hmm. there was this really just vibrant thing when it came to House of Crazies, ICP, Esham, and whatnot. Mm -hmm. There were so many different bands, man. A lot of them. Like from your perspective, like you know, how you know how is that to be around to just see these guys, you know, really working hard at you know what they're trying to do? Uh, I mean, it was awesome. It was like it was building something, and kind of like I said, it was when we first started. I don't think we really, we, we didn't let, I was so green that I didn't understand business, what it was like, what, how, you know what I mean, how, it, how it's run, and 
You know I mean, you're so much that you're, you know, you look at something, you hear what's on the radio, you're like Mary J, Mary J. Blige is doing a song with Biggie or Method Man, and that's the biggest thing going on right now. So you're like, oh, that's all I need is Mary J on a hit, and I'm going to be <laughs> banging too. You're like, sure you are. You know what I mean? So it's kind of that's kind of what it was when you're, but when you've seen other people from your perspective areas and they're blowing it up and you know they're just out there doing it and touring where is where it really started kicking off for us and for everybody really it was like you know what i mean once you realize that there were more people outside of michigan and ohio and chicago that you know what i mean that could could uh, actually understand what you're doing it, that's where it started popping off man really it's like you know it needed it needed that. It needed people to actually do it. And watching them do it, you know what I mean? I'm, I was like, it could be done. You see people doing it around you, and they're your peers, and they're doing it, and they're popping. And it's like, yeah, you know, that's the way I'm going to ride. You know what I mean? I want to ride that way as well. And that's kind of what it was. And when you first, you know, got over to Psychopathic, and you're just, you know, working all these odd jobs over there, um, what were some of the things that you kind of learned from everybody around you before you even were, uh, started recording for them? What not to do, you know what I mean? <laughs> you watch, because it's easy being the, you know what I mean? It's, it's not easy being the guinea pig and watching, but I've watched, you know, ICP, I've watched Twisted, I've, I've watched them do uh, multiple things. You, you learn what works and what doesn't work, and you try to, you know, pattern your stuff and continue doing the th things that work all the time <laughs> as opposed to doing things that don't work. So. You know what I mean? It's like it's. It, I, I learned a lot of the intricacies of the business, what it is, the innards of what's happening. Like I said, I think I've you know I've worn a bunch of different hats now, you know, within the music business itself. Watching you know, so yeah, it's 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 trying to trying to learn basically what to do that is the correct path as a, as opposed to trying to stumble across you know a big rocky mountain full of shit. <laughs> Pretty much, you know, right. Once um, once you started recording, you started recording for that first EP and then the you know one less G in the hood album. Um, kind of like you know being around that environment, you know, how did it kind of help you you know get this you know real project out? Uh, man, I'm telling you, my projects all came about by you know what I mean the power of the juggalo for real. It's like all word of mouth. They were talking so much because. They had heard me on maybe two or three different tracks on Twisted Projects or other stuff that was throughout the years. So it was just, you know, it was, it was mainly them. Hey, um, when's Blaze coming? When, we, when, when can we expect Blaze? When's, you know, when's his project coming out? We need something. And I distinctly remember it was close to, you know, the time when I was doing it. It was this time of the year, Christmas time, right around now. We had maybe two weeks off around Christmas. And we went in the studio. I think it was me, Madrox, and Fritz. And then Monoxide would come in periodically. And the three of us would just knock, we knocked it out like that. You know what I mean? It was like it was a Christmas break thing, and we knocked out the EP like that. And, you know, it was all due to, like I said, it was due to the juggalos asking for it. Because I don't know how long, you know, I could I could have been sitting there another little while longer. But Alex, you know, brought me in. It was like, hey, man, they're really... They really want to hear your shit, so we need you to put together some, and that's you know that's where it was. As soon as he gave me that, I was like, okay, let's do this. You know, I'm ready to roll. So I was ready the whole time. It's just you know waiting in line, kind of for your time. You know what I mean? Kind of talk about like kind of like the work ethic that 
um, you've experienced working with all these guys? Man, I'm telling you, everybody's got it. It's like, to us, it was more like a family thing. It was building something full, you know? It's like, it was, it's not, it wasn't about, technically, I, I wasn't in it for, oh, it's just about blaze your dead homie, and oh, he's, you know, I'm the, I'm the man, I'm all, everything. It was, it was more about, like, what we were building fully as a label, as a family, and as everything that we had going on. And it's like, I still feel that way in some aspects of what we're doing now. It's like, I, I'm, I'm more interested in building up what we do, our scene, juggalo scene, you know what I mean? Building it back to where it was, and then, you know, making it bigger than it ever was, you know what I mean? Because I, I truly believe that there's juggalos in everybody out there, they just don't know it yet. Right. And, you know what I mean? They'll have to, they'll have to hear, sometimes they might have to hear it, sometimes they might have to see it. So, you know, we have to explore different avenues for them to see that, for them to understand. You know what I mean? We're all alike. We are. There's a, there's a piece that everybody's got that's the same as me, you and me. You know what I mean? They'll figure it out, too, hopefully. And if they don't, <laughs> fuck them. <laughs> I right. mean, for real. Right. And when, yeah, when you came into the fold, uh, that was, you know, still, like, the height of, like, the ICP juggalo hatred in oh, the yeah. media and whatnot. But at the same time, they had this very vibrant, dedicated fan base, you know. What, what was your perspective on that time? I mean, we owe it all to them. It's like I said, I, I remember going to these, this first, you know, this first tour I was on and Juggalo Brothers tour was so huge. I mean, you know, we're, we were in, we went, did Woodstock that year. We were in stadiums that were, you know, I remember playing where the Minnesota Wild or they used to be the Timberwood, <laughs> one of them, them, you know what I mean? The, the Minnesota North Stars played. We were playing in that place, you know, with Crazy Bone. It was huge. It was fucking humongous. And, you know what I mean? And that was kind of what it was. It was just building it to the masses, and you could see that it was acceptable. You know what I mean? It's it, You could see how times have changed, too. It, it's becoming more, you know what I mean? There's people will come out with a little bit of here. Lady Gaga can wear meat on her face and nobody <laughs> right. will say a fucking word but they see paint on somebody's face oh it must be the fake paint you know it's just always something there's always something to be in, you know being said but as you can see times have changed people are accepting other things more often maybe they'll accept more of what we do too and see what's really going on you know definitely and i've and i've talked with this with uh you know magic sim noxide and even uh jay and shaggy how mm -hmm. over the years now like that sort of hatred that the 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 media had for all of this is kind of went away. Everybody's kind of oh yeah chilled out and it's been more accepting. And you're seeing it's because we oh, haven't pulled up any crazy. You know, there hasn't been any bombs in the name of Juggalo. Anywhere, <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like for real, it's like it, when you look at. I mean, come on, it's just as easy for them to they find somebody new to hate, and that's what they have now. It's like you know they found. It's now it's, you know, religion. Now we're going to hate Muslims or, you know what I mean? If you're Donald Trump, you're hating Mexicans. It's like it's always something new for somebody else to, you know what I mean? And that's kind of what it is. It's like they've, oh, you know, they passed that on. Now they're to the next. You know yeah. what I mean? And now, now you're actually getting, like, articles about you guys that are about the music. It's actually talking I mean, that's about the music. what we've always looked for, you know what I mean? It's like, They're treating on. you exactly like musicians now, and it's like... And, and that's kind of, you know, hey, we worked along a long, tireless, walk a long, tireless road and journey to get to that. You know, that's what it is, and that's really... And hopefully the, the people that come up after us 
won't have to go through that shit either. You know what I mean? They'll be like, they'll just go straight to the music and either you like it or you don't, you know, review that. Review that much at least. Yeah, and I was yeah, I always thought the sort of hatred towards the fan base was all, always short sighted. You know, I've mm -hmm. always been front and center and seen it all. And just, you know, having this hatred for this fan base when they're actually one of the coolest fan bases oh, yeah, on the planet. For sure. It's very it was I mean, strange. I'd say probably I you know, I'd be biased and say they're the coolest because I know they are. But you know what I mean? People some people don't see that. I I can't really I can't go and judge either because I don't go see a, a majority of other things that are going on now. Like, you know, huge, I don't know what's, I've never been to a Lady Gaga show, so <laughs> I can't tell you what a show looks like. You know what right. I mean? But I know people go, you know what I mean? So obviously it can't be that big of a problem. Right. And, and what I love about the whole Juggalo fan base too is that, you know, you guys, you, Jamie, and Monoxide, and Jay and Shaggy, you know, all everybody kind of, it isn't about like, you know, we're the superstars and you're the fans. You, you guys actually want them to be good people. They no, want they are. That's most of them. That's I generally, I, I, I want everybody to be that. And we do what we do. And we all, you know what I mean? You almost put a responsibility on them to do something good with their lives and For not, sure. not be shitheads. We said since day one, man, I, you know, I, I was, I, waiting for the day to see them juggalo lawyers them you know what i mean i want to see that I, I don't you know just because people talk shit about cops you could still be a cop and be a juggalo I'm not, you know what i mean <laughs> right. like come on it's, i've actually had a guy come up to me who was a cop and said man what's up with that swine flu shit you was talking about it's like come on man you know who i'm talking about when i'm talking about swine flu <laughs> it ain't you <laughs> you know what i'm saying because there are that there's bad apples in everything, just like there's bad apples in the police force. You know what I mean? There, it's it just happens. So yeah, I said it's like you know you, you want them to better themselves because this is what juggalo life is about. You know what I mean? We've all been we all have been looked at as you know in the bottom of the barrel, the piece of shit, the stepped on, the overlooked. People don't care, but we know that you have something in you that makes you you. And you know what I mean? And you shine like a light like anybody else does. And you know what I mean? And all it takes is one push for you to get that. And maybe, you know, one spark. Something, spark something inside you to, you know what I mean, better yourself. Be that next ninja, you know what I mean, for real. Be the right ninja, <laughs> that's all. You know what I mean? And that's why when you see things happen where the, uh, the guy, you know, he, he protects the person from being killed he protects somebody you don't think that that's what he's supposed to do but genuinely that's always what he's known he was had in his mind to do yeah you know what i mean just because you don't see that doesn't mean that he don't know that and we know that and that's you know what i mean that's a difference yeah i've always felt that you can always find uh inspiration anywhere yeah for sure and when you kind of judge a certain group of people mm -hmm. off of ignorance it's, it's racist it's, it's stupid it's just the it's same thing as anything else it's like come on man it's the same thing it's like you know and it's 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 what america it's not just america it's the world and the nation it's everything they're all doomed to walk the same path and roll in the same circles over and over and if you can't tell just by looking at like fashion for instance 
you should be able to know just there. Just look at what the fashion looked like in the 70s with the tight-ass pants belling out to the <laughs> top. Now take the bell-bottoms and where, where, where are we at? We're back to the tight pants again, skinny <laughs> as hell as you can. Now you ain't got bell-bottoms. It's, it's the same shit. It just runs around in circles, and people come back, and oh, it's, they think it's something new. Watch, give it another five, ten years, you'll see people tight-rolling their pants again. You know what I mean? Because it'll be the 80s back in now. You know what I mean? It's like, come on. It's the same old bullshit. People keep rehashing the same bullshit, and they want to think it's brand new. It's right. like, you know what I mean? You're doomed to walk the same path. You're doomed to fail if you walk them all like that. You know what I mean? That's kind of what it is. You know, if, you, if Nazism didn't work, <laughs> then what makes you think that this is going to work? You know what right. I mean? If racism doesn't work and slavery doesn't work, why do you think it's going to work up here in this way? You know what I mean? And just people need something new to hate. You know? Yeah, and it's like we we all see like you know the fans that come out to all your shows and you know these these kids definitely ha are full of joy when they come to these shows oh, yeah. and they and they and they don't want to cause any trouble they just want it's like no we're having fun we're having a good time it's like you're you're able to be yourself yeah and that's what it is nowadays people have taken that away from you. It's like, no, you got to conform to what they think is cool, what they think you should do, this, this, this. You know what I mean? It's always got to be that way. Who's to say that you can go and, you know, enjoy yourself on a normal day and then be back in school teaching kids the next day? That's, you know what I mean? You are a grown-ass adult. You should be able to go to a party, have a drink, post your pictures on Facebook, the next day not worry about people being like, I see my drunk teacher on Facebook, <laughs> get off her goddamn Facebook. What the fuck, man? How come, you know, put that shit on, why do you got it out there like that? It's like, that's what the world's come to. It's, they're so worried about just the smallest things that are, you know what I mean, that offend people. It's gonna be so bad that you're gonna have to worry about, you know, you can't say one thing, you're gonna be offending people, and where's, Everything getting then, you know what I mean? Where are we gonna be sitting at then? Right. Worried about constitutions and shit. <laughs> <laughs> and what I and what I love also, which you know, kind of is connection between you guys and the fan base is, you know, while for years, you know, always killing it on the merch game, but at the same time, you know, there's still like, you know, a big part of your fan base that you know might not be able to afford oh, yeah. all the shit all the time. But you guys have. Enough, so much content out there to entertain every part of your fan base. Well, that's it. It's like, man, not everybody can afford shit. You know, that everybody knows you go through things as well, like during personal shit, during your life. So, you know, ups and downs. And that's the same thing with anybody. The same thing happens to me as Blaze, as an artist <laughs> or whatever, man. So, you know what I mean? I see myself in them, and I hope they see their self in me a little bit, you know what I mean? That's kind of what it is. And it's like, if I, you know, I can't afford all the best shit either. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm, I'll be riding in some buckets, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> because that's the fuck I can afford. And we just do it. If you make the shit happy, you make it work. And that's all I give a fuck about, man. Just represent, that's it, you know, for real. Right. How did you, how did you come up with the whole Blazer Dead Homie uh, concept? I mean, Blaze was something I came directly to the label with that was kind of our idea. It was Blaze the Butane Magician when I first came in. And uh, through the course of, you know, being there at Psychopathic and, 
you know, kind of seeing how the things ran, it, it just switched up as we were going. I think we were switch, we switched it for sure the day I did the track with, I, with ICP and Twisted, Hound Dogs, and Jay was like, man, you're dead homie. That, you're dead homie. And he was, yeah, he, he threw that at me and I was like, you know what, you're right. And that's, it stuck, Blaze your dead homie. That's where it was. And bang, yep, never since. On and popping. <laughs> when, kind of, you know, when you're doing stuff like that, have this concept like this, um, when it comes down to it, it's, it's very theatrical. Mm -hmm. Like, where where do your ideas in regards to things like that come from? Uh, any movies, bands, TV shows, what comic books, whatever? It's a lot. I mean, when I first started with the stuff, the concept was mostly, you know, I'm a dead gangster. So it, a lot of it came from the 80s, 90s era gangster. Gangster, you know what I mean? Gangster music. Uh, shit, CMW, Comp is Most Wanted. Yeah. NWA, you know what I mean, DJ Quick, all that stuff, Spice One, like that style, that was my, you know, that's me right there, that envelope, Menace to Society, you know, movies, if you're looking, Boys, Boys in the Hood, it was like, that was kind of where it started, that was the ideas right there, so I'll pass away, I'm back at this point in my life, and this is, you know, you're going to hear me like this, until, you know, now it's, it's grown into its own thing where it's, you know, now I'm, I'm in every dimension as opposed to just one. So, you know what I mean? It's kind of, that's it's just grown into its own entity and its own thing. But yeah, it's like, it, I, I get them from all over the place. Video games, you know what I mean? A little bit of everything. That's why I try to explore all them things. Comic books, I mean, I'm a big reader. Used to, you know. People don't know that about me. I read a lot of shit. I used to hate it when I was a kid, but now. What type of stuff do you read? Um, I used to read comic books all the time, and then I got into that Walking Dead before it started becoming huge. Yeah. And you know, it's like Why the Last Man, Walking Dead. I like like horror shit. I like a lot of uh, uh, Marvel shit. Okay. More, you know, I, I get into the stories, like the big ones. I even, even, I go back into DC in the 52. I'll, I'll try to, you know, if I see a story that looks like it's going a, a massive amount of time, I'll try to get that. Cause I like, for some reason, obviously it's doing well, that I'll try to read it all. And, yeah. You know, I went back, if I like a movie or a TV show that's really good, I'll go back and read the book to see if it's even any good or if it, you know, why they did it. Like Game of Thrones, I went back and read all that shit okay. just to see, you know what I mean? Because I was watching the TV show, it was interesting. I was like, okay, I want to see, you know, what it, how much it's different. And, you know, if I'm on a plane, some shit, bang, it's over with. Um, when, I was, uh, when I was interviewing Knoxide uh, and Madrox, they were telling me about, like, being on the road with uh, Jay and Shaggy mm -hmm. and all, like, the kind of, like, jokes they would play on like them too like do you remember any like crazy stuff happening with you those guys only i mean i'm the only thing i can tell you like there was only a few things i remember for sure the first time i was out like just uh just and sharing the bus because when i was out on the jekyll brothers tour i was riding crew style so i wasn't riding with any of the artists i was always riding with the crew guys but i would come out and hang out with the artists uh, during the day when they get there but I was usually working, so I'm in a job, working the job. So when I went back out with them for the first time, just touring was Bizarre Bizarre. Bizarre Bizarre. It was me and uh, Killa, I think it was the second leg of the tour, 
First leg, they had somebody else. Second leg, it was me and Killa and Mars, who ended up being in Dark Lotus with us. Yeah. And it was ICP, and we're all on the bus together. So, you know, I think Shaggy stayed in a bunk above me. I stayed in the bottom bunk. Across from him, Mars and his guy, Hype Man. And then behind us, I think, uh, or, yeah, no, actually it's Mars and then Killer was over here and then a Hype Man was back and then Jay was back and there's another one behind. So I remember at night we'd have to, you know, I didn't bring headphones. I didn't know anything about buses really that much. So, you know, I knew a little bit, but I was like, I'm not really, you know, I'm not going to bring my own shit. I don't care that much. To watch. I didn't know they had TVs and a motherfucker. So I get in the bunk, TVs in there, tell, tell Joey, I'm like, man, I ain't got no headphones or nothing. He was like, well, don't worry, money. I'll leave my shit on, turn it up for you, you know, have it hanging off. So I remember, you know, Joey ended up going to sleep before I do, so he'd already passed out. And the thing's on, I'm watching, the, you know, the movie or whatever the fuck it was. And the next thing I know, the sound just goes off. I'm like, what the fuck? So I look over, and it's Mars. <laughs> Turn the fucking shit down. He's like, you know, he didn't know that he thought he was sleeping. He didn't know I was using it. <laughs> right. So he's like, I can't hear. I'm trying to sleep, buddy. <laughs> Turn it down. I was like, what the fuck? So like, a couple nights later, I was asking, like, man, you know, I'm listening. He was like, oh, bro, I did not know that was you. You know, straight up, I was... So that was a nice little joke between me and Joey, the rest of the tour. You always just laugh about it, like, hey, money, throwing your shit now. So that was a good one. And then usually, like I said, we go out, and uh, the first couple of days, like I said, Jay was back a little ways, and he had these old-school videos of the coolest wrestling shit you could ever think of, you know, like fucking Piper's Pit and all okay. this dope-ass Hogan shit. Just cool shit, you know? So, he, you know... He's like, hey, let's watch these. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. So we can all watch them in our bunks. So we get down in our bunk, we're watching. He was like, man, this is bullshit. You guys are up there, everybody's gigging, laughing about the thing, talking about it. I can't hear you because I'm back here. So he drug his mattress out and put it in the middle. And he just laid down in the middle. He's like sitting there talking in between me and Killa and, and Shaggy and everybody while we're watching that shit. Yeah, I said, this is. You know, we had some times. It was cool. He'd do some wild shit. He'd pull over the bus. I remember one time we pulled over the bus in the middle of nowhere, and uh, just out of the blue, somebody came out the back room looking completely different. Was like, yeah, uh, my name's uh, Junior, and I'm the bus company driver's son. And I don't <laughs> want. And uh, he doesn't like the way you're smoking weed on this bus, and all, you know, <laughs> yeah, it went off on us. So. Yeah, you know, you never know. Something could happen. It was just, yeah. It was wild times, man. He had some good times out there. They were unpredictable. Definitely. is what it was, for real. Speaking of wrestling, because part of this podcast, too, that I do is we talk about music and wrestling. Hell you know? yeah. That's so, cool. you know, I know you're a music, or I mean, a wrestling fan. Um, old you, school I was, like a motherfucker. You like the I old school out. stuff? Yeah, I fell out so far after these last couple of years, I fell off. I don't know why. I just kind of fell off wrestling. I need to start looking at it again because I don't. Everybody tells me about you know, check out Brian or Weaver. Fucking no <laughs> happy people's names, man. I'm off. I'm pat. I left for a minute. I don't know. Well, these days there's a lot of good like um, indie companies. Yeah. All around and um, that are just. See, that's what's up. Like and then there, then you got everything going on uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling mm -hmm. right now that's really ridiculous. And then you got the Lucha Underground. Oh thing, sure. That they're doing and um. 
in Cali on the El Rey network. Okay. That's that's ridiculous. Like um, the Lucha Underground is actually uh, produced by like the same like Mark Burdett that does like oh, all the um, survive what all those like reality okay. shows. So it's like really high, you know, produced and stuff. But it, it has people like you know. Vampiro's a host, a, a, like an announcer oh, on there. Uh, Rey Mysterio is going to be on this season yes. coming up. Uh, it's, it's all this craziness, but there's a lot of good stuff going on. Even though you know, when it comes to like WWE, people are kind of eh, about you know the quality of mm -hmm. it right now. But they're starting to find their way back. Right, you know? right. But there's a lot of really cool like indie organizations right now, like PWG, uh, Pro Wrestling Guerrilla, out in uh, LA. Okay. That's something that, that's really lit, you know? Huh. What was the kind of stuff that you were into, uh, you know, back in the day? Man, I'm telling you, I, yeah, I said I just, I loved wrestling growing up when I was a kid. I, I think the first thing I, I remember my, my pops, we didn't, we were broke. We didn't have enough money to be ordering events and shit. So my, my cousins ended up having them all the time. So we'd go over to his house and, and check out shit like that. And then the one year they did, my dad did get it. It was, uh, I think it was the year that Andre and fucking, it was a Silverdome year. Oh, yeah, uh, yep. WrestleMania 3? Yep, yeah. 3, yep, yep. And that was, yeah, I said, so that was like the years. And then I remember during that time, I was so into it. It's like, you know, that's when my pops would go out and, oh, I'm renting you a video. And then he'd rent the Abdul the Butchers and shit. And that's yeah. where I get into it real tough. And, yeah, I said, as it went on, I was into it all the way up past, you know, the Stone Cold era, yeah. past The Rock, a little bit past this Randy Orton stuff, and then yeah. I kind of just fell off a little bit. Like I don't, you know, it's it's different because when I when I came on, you held the belt for like ever. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Now it's like you hold a belt for a week, and it's like, oh man, you're lucky, I guess. You know, <laughs> they're kind of going back to the you know the long kind of title reigns. I think now, it's, but it just seems better because then. You get more invested into a storyline that's gonna last longer, and that's kind of what it was. It's like the storylines lasted okay. It was easier to pick up when somebody was, and you know, for all of what Vince McMahon does as whatever he does now behind the scenes, when he was a commentator, was some of the coolest shit. Ever. Oh, it was. Like when he was commentating, he was so good at it because he made you feel it and. A lot of them guys did, like Mean Gene Okerlund was like that, and even, you know, Gorilla Monsoon. All them guys were so good that they made you, you know... They knew how to JR's sell the story, doing it. yeah. Yeah, it's like, JR does it, King's okay, he's getting there. It's like some of them guys, and that's where I think they're losing, and I, I'm missing that. And I see yeah. Michael, I forget his name. Michael Cole? Yeah, he's... Uh, yeah, no. you know, that's it, right. He's not... <laughs> And that's the problem. It's like it's the same thing can be said for sports. You know, I love sports, and but, but it ain't the same as like when, when I don't we were like Joe up, Buck, dude. I, oh I no! Never, oh. For some reason, he's like one of my least favorite Nobody announcers and Buck. casters, and it's just because everything's the same. You know, like when we were growing up, like say for baseball, you had Ernie Harwell on mm -hmm. the radio, and you oh, had George Kalanick, K Line on TV. That was. The greatest. We had, yeah, we had it. And I said, not for basketball. You got Blaha, he's still there. And one of my, the under, most underrated is Mark Champion. That guy's great. He's really good. And if I, I liked him for when he did the Pistons on the radio sometimes and when he did football games, you know. And we had Dave Strader and Mickey Redman. Yeah. Fucking hot, man. We had great sportscasters. It was a shit. 
Ray Lane. (laughs) 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 Yeah. We had some shit. It was cool. Yeah, it's just, I think that's what they're missing, though, a little bit. You know, you draw people in and you tell a story, and that's kind of what that was. It's like wrestling's always been kind of like a big, you know, it's a storyline driven market, which is cool, but they just, they haven't been good lately, I think. You know, it's like it's trying to bring them back to. Yeah, and I think a part of, yeah, and definitely a big part of it has been, along with just kind of like the lack of death of the storylines, mm-hmm. has been the announcing to kind of lead it, you know? Right, yeah. But the thing is, um, uh, in WWE, they're actually bringing SmackDown back to USA Network. Nice. And they hired uh, um, um, Mauro, Mauro uh, Ranallo. He, is a, he used to be an um, announcer for like UFC. Okay. And he's he's recently been doing the announcing for the New Japan Pro Wrestling show that airs on oh, Access. Nice. This guy is amazing, and it's probably been the, one of the best acquisitions that WWE has done I mean, in years. That's they just that's what they need. They need something like that because it it drives everything. You know what I mean? It's like, that's one of the things that I realized going to see wrestling events in person as opposed to being at home. Yeah. At home, it was so much cooler because you could see everything going on. When you're there and you don't hear JR talking when you're out there and the thing's happening, you don't yeah. know what you're missing in the storyline of when, oh, I mean, he called him, but he did call him that last <laughs> week. They called him a mopping, no good mopping <laughs> son of a bitch janitor just last week, JR. And it's, you know what I mean? It's like, and, you know, it's, it's part of what is driving why this guy is doing what right. he's doing in the ring. You know, it's. Yeah, unless you have like a, a, a really close seat and it can be kind of like in you the You can't, right. As I said, you can't tell. And that's what I think they're missing at wrestling. I don't know how they do it, how they could do it to make it sound cool. And there's a, I mean, and then in the whole WWE thing, there's there's another guy. Um, he used to be a wrestler, but he he doesn't wrestle anymore because of too many concussions. Uh, Corey Graves. Okay. He, he, he actually is like, he hosts a bunch of shows on the WWE Network. But he also does the NXT uh, mm-hmm. commentary. That guy will eventually be like one of the main announcers because he is so good at being like the heel announcer. Yeah, and even but that's what you need. Yeah, and even be the come on. Yeah, <laughs> and even you had him. You had fucking Jesse the Body. Jesse the Body. Man, was he was so, so good. It's like every single time he called him Chico Santana, you're like, <laughs> oh my god, dude. Are you serious? His name's Tito. <laughs> like, no. You know what I mean? Like, for real. And Gorilla would be some, yeah, that's ridiculous. That's crazy. <laughs> those are so, like. It's great. Those are great I feel times. bad for people missing that and not, never being able to see that shit. Like, wrestling fans now not being able to see what, you know, good announcing is and what it is. And that's what it is. So, hopefully, they, I mean, they bring the thing it is, back. Yeah, and the thing is with the WWE Network, People who subscribe to that can actually kind of go back and yeah. see stuff like that more than ever. That's but for awesome. the for the but for the new uh, for the new stuff, like the, I just wish the announcing was so much better. Like you know, like the I old think days. Get there. Yeah, I think I think they're starting to get there. But they put so much crap on these announcers, like like overly script them, and mm-hmm. they have to. Slide in the social media things. That's and probably what it is. And there's you know? so much stuff outside of the actual calling of the matches that has to be thrown into the mix mm-hmm. that it's it's like way too much. That's ridiculous. Did you did you ever go to any like the uh, 
the wrestling events that ICP was a part of? I've never went to the ones I went. Let me see. Strike and reverse. Twisted went with them a few times. I have never went to the events except for when we did the promoting. We were promoting one tour, and they were out in WCW. Yeah. And they would do the events, and we would just be outside promoting. So I never went inside for that. We would go out and just a couple of us would go out and just get signs on TV going different ones. Like I've been to a few like that, Raws and a couple of different ones like that with a few of the guys just going out. We got tickets for you. Third row, you're over there on the camera side, hard <laughs> camera, so okay, we'll be out there with the ICP or the yeah. Brothers side or something, you'll see us. But yeah, that was it, yeah. Other than that, no, I never was with them like that for any of those. Yeah, yeah even to this day, you still see, uh, see the Hatcher Man yeah, out in the crowd. They'll pop up there every now and then. <laughs> yeah, people go out there. It's cool. That's cool, man. I'm not mad. It's like they were a big part for a while. They actually was running it for a second there. Right. Who are some? Uh, who are some of your favorite wrestlers? You know, when you were uh, really little? JYD, like yeah, Paul One yeah, Mr. Wonderful, Paul Orndorff, like fuck yeah, like there were a lot of cool people. Like I remember the original Rock, not Rocky Maivia, but you know what I mean. The Rock, Don Morocco, that's who I remember, The Rock, you know, and yeah, like, there was a lot of cool people back then. I grew up in the time when there was, you know, rock and wrestling was that thing, and the the, the cartoon was going on, it was yeah. huge, so it's like, yeah, it's like, the, anybody on that era, like Tito, Santana, all them <laughs> guys were just like, yeah, they were the shit. I don't, you know, I have four horsemen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, I liked all that shit, man. Yeah, that's kind of my era. Yeah, I, when when I was a kid, I you know I definitely during the whole Hogan, Coco Beware, Bridge oh, Bulldog. Oh come on, fuck heart. yeah! But then like I kind of you know went away for a little while. But then it was like when the Monday Night Wars happened, mm -hmm. and the NWO. Yeah, you, know, you start seeing happened. the shit again. You're that, like, okay, yeah, that was like it blows up. That like, got me back into it for. See, for that's a while. the same. You, you're the same way I was, and that's exactly what I did. I went away, came back for that little bit of time I was there for a while until like I said probably a little after rocking them maybe a little after like I said even Randy I would still check in on it pre periodically yeah. to see what I was did kind of same on. thing yeah and then yeah then I kind of like fell off again and yes I, I remember the Miz was still huge like <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. He was kind of, last I looked, he was kind of dying out. And was, he's still he's still around, kind of, yeah. Yeah, he's still in there, but... He's someone who could be actually a really good announcer. Well, I thought him and Cena, when they first came out, I thought it was such a joke. When they were doing, you know what I mean? When they did that show and everything, I was like, come on, this is <laughs> such a fucking joke. Like, because when you see the wrestlers... They pull him out of nowhere, and this, or they just create some guy out of some other character he's been doing for a while, and yeah. now he's huge, and you're just like, I never seen this guy before. And it, technically, he was, you know, Dwight Yankum five, <laughs> seven years ago, and now he's Kane. You're like, oh my god, great. They've seen this you guy a bunch mean? of times, right? But you don't. But that's what it is. That's kind of wrestling. It's like they can change and you know create this new character, and you're like, oh hell yeah, and it, it's awesome. And it, it, that's what brings and sucks you back in. And if they can keep doing that, that's what's good. I think, you know, I hated, uh, I thought that idea with Miz and Cena was so bad. Then seeing it actually work, I'm like, oh, my God, man. They, 
bow down. You guys fucking know your shit, like straight up. Yeah, and Cena still Miz, the... You turned into a guy that everybody hated, and it was perfect. Like you, you couldn't hate somebody more than you hated that guy. He right. did a great job. Yeah, and yeah, he could he could probably do a commentary because that's he's a good talker. Yeah, and then you know Cena, like I said, he's just so over. He's huge. Yeah, he's like, still the he's still the big face. And in that's the, company. the shit. Like, like yeah, and that's good for him. Like I did not see foresee that. I never looked and was like John Cena is gonna be the face of the fucking WWE. Because when he and first came he out is. with that sort of like rapper kind of gimmick, you're like, I mean. What? To me, I didn't mind the rapper gimmick per se. That I thought I saw him on the other shows, the you know what I mean, like making the wrestler show or something yeah. like that. I was like, ah, you know, uh, it's gonna be weird to see this guy. And then he slowly but surely he knows that you know they learn, they all learn, they get their shit going, man. Yeah, they they evolved him nicely to right. where he was so he was so like middle of the ground that. Mm-hmm. And he was able to just be over constantly. And, and they, still yeah, they wouldn't. They didn't push him too far healed. They didn't push him too over. But now he's just exploded, man. He's, he's like the hero, like right, the hero right. of the company. He's like Hulk Hogan was when we were kids. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that was the dude. You know, and there's I, little kids are wearing his shit like he's Hogan. So that's good for him, man. That's fucking awesome, right? Right. Keep it rolling. Now, um, kind of getting back to the music. Um, okay, now you're, um, you know, part of, you know, Magic Ninja Entertainment. Uh, you know, Twisted brought you over with that. You know, yeah, how man. how's that experience been thus far? Oh, it's awesome, man. It's just like old times. We're back to just, you know, I mean, it's always been like this. Just grind on the grind, trying to work and build and get bigger and move. You know what I mean? Just steadily moving forward and you know not sitting and not moving backwards and that's kind of what it is it's like steadily moving forward even if you're grinding gears and you're going but you're still gonna move you know what i mean and that's kind of what it is it's like i've, I've been having a great time because getting more exposure and uh you know a lot more done just i've been wanting to put stuff together for years just been kind of waiting my turn it seems like and now you know i've got my turn and i'm starting to push it out you know by now, you do have a, you know a pretty vast discography, but do you remember the time when you just kind of realized that you're finally getting comfortable in all this and that you could probably do this for a while? I'm telling you, to me, I, I don't think it's oh, it's ever really been fully like that since when they first told me, "Hey, man, quit working, you know, quit jobs, you know, don't work anymore." Because I've always been a person that's like. I, I need this, I need this every day. Every week I need this coming in because I got this going out. You know, so I've always been like that. And so, I mean, I haven't worked a real job since then. You know what I mean? So it's been, you know. That's awesome. It's, I, it's awesome and it is. It's like, it, it's awesome sometimes, but sometimes like, man, I need, yeah, I, need I need something to do. I need to move. Like, fuck, man, I'm standing or sitting around here too often. So. Yeah, but it's, I said it, it's, it's cool to be able to, to do this, but in the same aspect, I want to be able to do it, and I don't, it's never enough. It's like, I still need to do more. I have more to do, and you know what I mean? That's what it is, more work to do. When, you, when you're kind of feeling restless like that, what do, you, what do you go do? I used to be on video games all the time, and it's like I've, I've been trying to cut myself back on that, and it, before that, it was, I was smoking all the time. 
And it's like now it seems like I smoke more weed to <laughs> set calm myself down and settle down and just mellow it and go with the flow. It's like I'm I've gone through spurts where it's, you know, oh this is where I'm just gonna be sitting here writing and writing and writing or this, you know, now I'll play a video game for a couple hours or I'll be watching a movie or you know, it's books, it's multiple things. But yeah, it's like I'm trying to get it all into one this is where you do this, this is where you do this. This way you do that, you know, schedule it off and it's basically where it's, it gets, it seems to be a little bit easier. How long do you feel like it took before you felt like the, you were kind of comfortable and kind of solidified the whole blazer that homie kind of character persona? To me, I don't think it is like it's cause it's ever evolving. It's always changing. So I'm never comfortable cause this next record, I'm completely different. You'll look at me and you're like, oh man, he's wearing a whole different paint scheme or scheme, however you want to say it. But in, yeah, it's like it's a whole different look and it's it's trying to change, like I said, trying to bring back to what it was and in the same aspect, you know what I mean? Hints of back into the wicked shit, you know what I mean? And it, it, it goes back to that, you know, Dwight Yankum, Kane, <laughs> Blaze. Blaze, you know what I mean? It's still me. It's just a, it's a, a new incarnation of me, and that's what I feel like. Each record, I try to do better than the last one, and you know what I mean. Just try to give them some. I want you to be able to hang a picture of my wall or a picture of me up on your wall and not be ashamed or embarrassed. <laughs> it looks cool, or more importantly, you're scared. <laughs> one or the other. I don't care. <laughs> Going into this uh, new album, The Casket Factory, uh, what was kind of like your just mood going into this record? Like, where did you want to go with it? Dark, more darker, you know, explore more of, I guess, more the dark history of Blaze or more, you know what I mean? Like I said, more Wicked-esque. It's like each record's been a little different. I think the first record was kind of just explaining who I am. The second record has been more uh, a little bit on the hip hop aspect. And then I kind of went a little bit uh, Clockwork Gray, a little more timey. And then, you know what I mean? So it's like each one, gang rags, more gang, you know? So it's <laughs> like it's this one I try to, you know, pump the brakes a little bit more on the gang stuff, bring it back down, corral it, and then, you know, add some gang, add, add some wicked to it. And, you know what I mean? Hopefully, uh, I, I think what it is is. I mean, from everybody that I've talked to around here, they're all like, that's a Juggalo record, hands down. And that's kind of what I was trying to go for. Just a straight, this is my, a, a Juggalo record. Like, as much as my first record was a Juggalo record, I, I've, I feel like this is, a, this is that. Through, you know, through all your albums, especially the new one, like, what, what do you think is the story being told? Like, what is the Blaze Your Dead Homie story that you're t telling? I'm dead man that I can't be killed, and now I got a casket factory, so I'll make boxes for people. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll put, them, I'll put you in the ground if that's what you like, for a fee. <laughs> no, for real, it's like, uh, yeah, each, each record, it's, yeah, it's just, it's building on, it's, it's building and trying to explore different parts of, of Blaze, character, whatever they want to call it, you know, of myself, of, yeah, just different exploring different pieces and different parts of and where it can go you know it's like there's so many different places i could take it and i could have took it to space but i didn't so <laughs> like, I, I try to take it a little bit old school and and still you know remain true to what it is 
what is you know wicked shit what is blaze and in creating this album you know how you know who who's kind of you know around during the whole writing and recording process it, for real it's me mad rocks and some candles no it's <laughs> like yeah no for real it's like the two of us mostly throughout uh, all writing and and stuff of that like production wise he he produced most of the record with me so it's like me and him we sat throughout like 100% of this one this time and uh, uh beats production by seven the dead beats and fritz and you know so yeah it's just it's a little bit like i said it's it's mostly us that's the process kind of it's like you start there and then we go from there this is what we got started and you know we go back through it this is what we got let's you know go from here and, and add or change or take out or you know yeah and speaking with uh with monoxide and madrox you know they told me that you know just even fairly recently, they found their own sort of level of creative confidence. Oh, yeah. You know, how is it kind of being around them? I'm still trying to get mine. I'm, for <laughs> real, I am not lying. Like, I've told them, people that before. It's like, it's, I'm confident, you know, from day one. Like, I told you, I was green when I walked around these guys. So, you know, going in there with uh, Violin J and, and, and Shaggy and, and Madrox and Monoxide, who are I look up to, you know, as like, these are, these are my heroes. They're, they're, they're the dudes that I listened to before I was doing stuff. So it was kind of like, you know, I'm in there as, am I even, how do I rate or how do I compare? You know yeah. I mean? That's kind of what it was the whole time. And now I'm just now like trying to find my niche. And it's, it's a lot like it's, I, I mean, I have to hear it from other people, I guess, for it to, you know, because I'm still not overly confident about what I do. I'll, I'll come in after I'm done with it. Hey, does that sound good? Is that cool? You know, listen to that, make sure that's good, and yeah. then we'll go from there. And if you think I should change something, let me know. You know, it's kind of what it is. So it's I still do that, and I think I'll always be doing that because I'm always going to question whether it could be better or whether I can be better. Yeah. So, you know, I'm trying to get, like I said, I'm trying to get into a level where I'm confident that I can go in there and write and put on anybody's shit. I can write to anybody. I can do. I can write my own shit to anybody's shit. I can spit a verse on anybody's shit. Now, is it going to be, in my opinion, the best verse? Maybe not. You know what I mean? But that's just me. I'm always going to think that. I'm always going to be my worst critic, and I, I always will. I think I will for you know forever. <laughs> and there's stuff till this day that I'm like, why did I say that? Why didn't I change that? That don't sound right. You know, for real. You're about to uh, go on a uh, headlining tour soon. Yes, sir. What's you know what's kind of like a Blaze Your Dead homie tour going to be like for the Casket Factory? Uh, man, it's, it's going to be different because we're changing it up. I like to change up, and I'm, I'm coming out. Um, it's been a minute since I've been doing this, but I'm I'm going out with a full suit. Probably try to do something different for stage wise as well. Add a little more theatrics in there, maybe. Some set pieces and you know yeah go out there and have fun I'm trying to you know energy is what you expect because that's what I'm trying to push off there and if you give me some out in the crowd I'm gonna try to return that times 10 and we'll go like that <laughs> that's how we do it what you, what are you thinking about next after all of this I'm working on something new just for this like today I got it I'm dropping some shit for my homies record 
But then after that, I'm working on some new shit for this tour to bring out there for some new stuff for you to listen to. And then I'm working on the next project. I got, you know, I got a bunch of people that are we're trying to do some, trying to do some collabo stuff with some folks. And on top of that, just, you know, keep moving on to the next album, you know, for real. Like, not not next album, like, hey, push this one shelf and it's over with. It's like, but yeah, I got some stuff that I got to start, you know, in the can, ready for the next one, because it's right. going to be coming up shortly, <laughs> right. you know, faster than this one. There's a, um, like. yeah, there's another, you know, artist that uh, just added to the uh, Magic Ninja label, uh, Lex the Hexmaster. Yes, sir. Um, you know, tell me, is there anything you can say about him? Uh, not he's too much shit. known about him. That's my dude. He's cool. That's my dude. He's off the hinges. Uh, yeah. Get along great with him. We've got a couple, we've got a video dropping, I think Wednesday, yeah, a couple soon. So, yeah. And, uh, you know, we've been doing stuff together for a little while now. Yeah, he's he's cool. I don't know if anybody's ready for him, for real. He's got some new shit. I like it. It's interesting. And it's it's stuff that we haven't had here in this, you know, in this underground community, in this, you know, this family in a long time. So it's it's cool to have, you know. Just nice energy or like Yeah, it's just different, you know, it's just something different. You know, it's it's he's got that East Coast flow that's just it's killer it's cool i like it you know it says you know i hope everybody likes it like <laughs> i do i think it's sweet right who are who's like you know growing up listening to like rap music or whatever who are some of your favorites oh man i you know i i told you anything like west coast is really my favorite shit yeah but you know i, I listen to a lot of stuff like i i was listening to like people always ask what's in your CD player, and I usually don't have anything, but this time I did. I, I was listening to Breed, some old ass Flint MC yeah, yeah. Breed, just bumping that. It's my shit. Because I still, you know, and I feel blessed that I got to do something with this guy on a track you know, before he died. Rest in peace, Breed. But yeah, it's like, man, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's like, I like a lot of that. A lot of my favorites are, have ended up dying, it oh. seems like, you know what I mean? Like, right. Easy e dead, Tupac dead, Biggie dead, Bree dead. <laughs> like, everybody dies. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I like a lot of different range of music, though. So, you know, when I first started listening to music, I could, you know, die high, die high. <laughs> I mean, like, the first rap music. Like, like, <laughs> Rapping dupe shit. <laughs> I do got, I got that right. You know, but it's not my favorite, but it's like for real. Like, right. that was the first shit I remember hearing, like that and Steps of Sonic and, you know, some yeah. some weird shit that was just like, to me, it was just, it was so brand new. You're like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's so different. Like. Yeah, now it's, you see how how far it's coming. It's it's true what Biggie said, you know. You never thought that hip hop would take it this far, you know. For <laughs> right. Real. Because it, it was from rapping Duke, da ha da ha, you know, like, for real. It's funny. Yeah. All right, I think that's about it for. Okay, cool. Thanks for uh, you know chatting with me. Hey, that's what's up. Anytime, man. You know. I'm excited to hear the the new record. Oh, man, I, it's the shit. I've been listening to it, and I've been going back listening to old stuff just to see you know what the difference is, and I, I it's just advance. It's an advancement, you know, for real. It's an advancement on what, it, what, what was, what was, and what is, and what can be, you know, for real. Right. 
and I think a lot of it to do with my stuff now is production wise like is is out the gate it sounds a lot better they you know mastered mixed by known people that are <laughs> very well at what they do yeah yeah it's just that's why it's it's just yeah it's over the top I'm hype I'm really hype yeah can't wait for it to drop it's gonna be the shit awesome so that was the interview with Blazer Dad Homie. It was cool to talk with him. I'll go pick up that new album, The Casket Factory, out this week. If you're around the Cleveland, Ohio area, this Thursday, January 14th, Blazer Dad Homie is going to be doing a free, yes, a free record release party at the, at the Agora with special guest, the ROC. So, and if you get to the venue early at 6 p.m., there's a free meet and greet with Blazer Dad Homie. So he's hooking you up, man. He's hooking you up, man. So if you're in the Cleveland, Ohio area, go support Blaze Your Dead Homie. And also, my birthday's coming up on January 23rd. And I just confirmed AK Fresh Birthday Bash. It's going to be at Goodnight Gracie in Royal Oak over on 224 Sherman Drive. That's just right over there on that slanted road, uh, right where the train station, the bus depot is there in Royal Oak. Uh, I'm going to be spinning with my boy uh, Joshua Adams. He spins there every uh, Saturday. It's going to be all vinyl, all old school dance and hip-hop and funk and R&B. All vinyl. I'm going to drink some shots, going to drink some beer, drink some more shots, drink some more beer, raise some hell. So uh, it's free cover, good people. Come celebrate my birthday with me. That's January 23rd. It's a Saturday, so most of y'all don't have to get up the next day. So come party with your boy. If you'd like to uh, support the Fresh is the Word podcast, you can go to our website, which is freshisthepodcast.com, and there's a link at the top that says support the podcast, and on that page, there is a PayPal link that you can donate to, or there is a Amazon link on there that you can use anytime that you want to purchase anything on Amazon. Use that link, and after you make your purchases, Amazon will shoot some commission back to me. I'll just go to help the show. Also, I definitely appreciate all the listens, and if you definitely want to share the links to the website, freshisthepodcast.com, or any of the links on SoundCloud, that's definitely appreciated and will definitely help support the podcast. You can also reach Fresh is the Word on the social medias at Instagram and Twitter at Fresh is the Word 1. That's Fresh is the Word number 1. And on Facebook, you can go to facebook.com slash Freshes the podcast and give us a like on that page. We're also on iTunes and Stitcher Radio, so go ahead and search Freshes the Word on there and go ahead and subscribe to us. And it also would be very helpful if you go onto iTunes and give us a five star rating and throw some comments on there. Thanks for listening. See you soon. Fresh, 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 fresh is the word.